On the show today, Ridge and I discuss the genius of the one and only Norm MacDonald, his special secret, and the final comedy special he recorded, which you can now watch on Netflix. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the June 6th, 2022 edition of Coffee and Koshan. So, Rich, um, you re- recently wrote a really great piece at The Federalist about uh, Norm MacDonald, who who we both worship. Um, uh, Norm was a one-of-a-kind. My, f- my favorite quote about Norm was from uh, David Letterman, who uh, he was a big fan of. But David Letterman said once that Norm had no peers in comedy. Norm was, was one-of-a-kind, and I think that really is true. Um, uh, he was always... My favorite part of SNL when he was on Saturday Night Live um, and he did the news. Of course, he got famously booted off that show because he liked to pick on O.J. Simpson. And there was an executive at NBC who did not like that Um, because I don't know if he was friends with O.J. or what. But uh, Norm loved to sort of find that button and push it. Um, We tragically lost Norm to cancer, a cancer he kept secret from everyone. Um, because he didn't want any special treatment. He didn't want people looking at him weird and everything. Um, but you did a, this great piece at The Federalist about his final comedy special, and this was one that he recorded at home, and uh, you can now watch. Is that right? That is correct. And going into it, I didn't realize that. You know, I saw the article that he had recorded a special to be released posthumously, and in my mind, I thought normal comedy specials. So when I turned it on and it was just him and his house, it was a little bit surprising, but then it made total sense because how could he keep this secret if he had an audience full of people for, you know, recording a special, but it was an, an incredible thing to watch to see the true art and craft of a great comedian and see how his timing and facial expressions and the way that he was playing to an audience that wasn't there, you, you don't think about, it. you know, you think about musicians practicing or other people, you know, and all of us have had to maybe give a speech at school or something that we practice, but you, you don't think about the fact that the timing that's necessary to, to comedy and how much it's not just about the audience response, but about the expectation of audience response. And so for someone who's speaking in public or looking at getting into comedy or anything, the special would be worth watching for that alone, just to see how Norm had such an innate sense of timing. You know, that's a really interesting point because comedy is much like any performance medium. It it is driven by... Uh, the audience's reaction. And so it's interesting to see a comedy special where you expect there to be an audience, but of course there isn't. Exactly. And just the, the fact that it was totally at home, as I mentioned in my piece, there's a, a dog yapping in the background at one point that stars, causes him to restart a joke. His cell phone rings at another and he takes the call and is like, Hey, I'm uh, recording a special right now. I uh, have to get back to you. And, and neither of those things seemed staged. In fact, the, the setup, I guess 
the the spacing in his house uh, necessary for the audio and for the it was a small two camera setup. It seemed like maybe he was recording into an iPad draped over his uh, desktop, but then there was another camera coming at him from a little bit above. But this setup is obviously, if you look, it's at the base of a stairwell with some sheets and things <laughs> placed around to like create a little a little performance space. But you can see the banister uh, leading up behind him, and if you look at the top of the screen, you can see the top of the, the stairwell. So it was just a, an amazing thing. And to go back to your point about you know, being peerless, there is a, a roughly a 30-minute prologue to the special that shows uh, David Letterman, Dave Chappelle, Molly Shannon, Adam Sandler, and oh, now I'm just drawing a blank, uh, David Spade. They watched it together and then recorded their reactions in real time directly after it was over. And one of the things that came up with them was that Norm was peerless and he once joked he was with a group of comedians and he said, you know, well, I'm the best comedian here and no one argued with him. They were all just like, (laughs) well, yeah. And it kind of comes, I think, to a point uh, to a a video that you sent me that our our friend Ben Dominic sent you about uh, Norm's secrets. And uh, you, you tell us about that that 25 minute video that we recommend that everyone watch. Okay, so the thing about that is that it, I mean Norm kept this cancer diagnosis secret from everyone. He didn't tell uh, he didn't tell David Letterman. He didn't tell Conan O'Brien, who's he, who he is close friends with. He didn't tell anybody. And when that news broke in that uh, video that Ben sent us, uh, in that. Uh, video they they get these reactions from all these people i guess um conan was recording a podcast at the time when the news broke and um so he reacted to it live on this podcast and it's interesting just to see the world of comedy react to the passing of someone like norm because uh he was a special guy and and everyone who knew him everyone who was a fan of him, recognized that Norm MacDonald was Norm MacDonald. There was no anybody else. Um, He was Norm, and he did a a brand of comedy only Norm could do, and I think that's what made him so great. I mean, the great thing about Norm is that you could sit down, you could be in a total shit mood, and you could watch some Norm MacDonald, and by the time it was over, you, you were just, you were on cloud nine, because he just had a way of making you just laugh away whatever you had bothering you. And that's what I think made him so special. And he also seemed like just such a regular guy who had made it in the world of comedy. And not that, you know, comedy is necessarily a rarefied position. That's, you know, where it comes from is people who can make these humorous observations that everyone can relate to. But he just... And to his credit, you know, like Adam Sandler and and others also, uh, you don't think of them as living these opulent lifestyles, even though like in Sandler's case, he's just made stacks of cash over his career. But he uh, has a different sort of humor. And I I think it's very telling the comedians who praise Norm, uh, like Dave Chappelle and Anthony Jeselnik, who themselves are not known for pulling punches and, you know, for being like superstar comedians, even though they are. 
And but to kind of change gears, the thing that that worked about Norm and the reason he got fired from Saturday Night Live is he didn't care if his jokes landed, which is a weird thing for yeah. a comedian to do. <laughs> <laughs> and he believed in his jokes and he just kept going. And so rather than changing his style for the audience, he expected the audience to be able to appreciate what he was offering. And, and he was very erudite. The, the dude was incredibly intelligent. And that's something that people don't realize is he played up this everyman thing. But, you know, if he'd ever gone on Celebrity Jeopardy, he probably would have just cleaned house. Tell me about something else. You, you wrote a, you have a great line in your piece that Norm wanted us to have faith to believe in God and in the goodness of all people. Um, why is that? Why, why do you think Norm had that, that aspect to him? He seemed to be genuinely a faithful man. And you can find articles about him, about his uh, evolution over life of, of believing in God and the arguments he would give back to people. And I think part of it is something that's not as well known as he was somewhat of a fallen character himself. I didn't get into it in my article, but he had a huge gambling problem. He did, yes. And at one point he went to the, uh, the ocean and threw like $60,000 in cash into the ocean because he was trying to make the symbolic break from gambling. And he's like, well, if I'm going to just throw this money away anyway, I should just throw it away and be done with it. And I think because of his struggles with gambling, it gave him a, a, a different appreciation for humankind. And he also just seemed to be an innately good guy in terms of you know, you see in his humor, the way he jokes about hot button issues, the, the way he joked about OJ, he, he truly believed in the goodness of people and, and wants people to be happy. And, you know, spoiler ahead, in Nothing Special, there's a segment about people with Down syndrome. And he doesn't directly get into abortion or anything like that, but he's talking about how he's jealous of people with Down syndrome because I just don't want to be cynical. They're, they're happy all the time. Why can't I be happy? And, <laughs> you, and you, know, he, you know what's interesting about Norm, though, is that, and, and I, don't, I don't know if he would agree with this, but he really is sort of a modern-day philosopher, isn't he? Yes, he is. And he actually got into that in the special where he mentions, you know, some people say to me that the philosophers or comedians are the modern day philosophers. And, you know, my first reaction is I feel bad for the philosophers, which do still exist. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's about interpreting modern life and presenting it in a digestible way, which is something that we don't necessarily think of when we think about philosophy in the modern world, because it's gotten to be such an academic pursuit away from people out, you know, arguing with one another in, in the, the town square and, you know, just going and like, I'm just going to go hang out and learn from Socrates. And we don't have that today. Uh, but, but because these people were just doing it for the knowledge. And that's kind of where Norm was. I mean, he was successful, but he wasn't doing what he was doing for the accolades or for financial gain, but because he truly believed in comedy and going out and reaching people. So that, that begs the question, without Norm in, in our world, obviously you can go back and you can watch 
old norm because because we live in the internet age. Everything he ever did is is uh, you know saved on YouTube somewhere by someone or or on a Netflix special or whatever. But we've talked about how Norm has no peer. But do you see anyone stepping up and and at least attempting to fill his void? I, I think two people that I've already mentioned are doing it to an extent in Dave Chappelle and Anthony Jeselnik. But there's a difference with those two because not to, to make this an overtly political argument, but they're men of the left. They're admittedly on the left side of the political spectrum. Now, obviously, they're not beholden to these different ideas about sacred cows. They're willing to go after whatever topic. But because Norm was not necessarily on the right, but because he was willing to challenge and openly didn't dis, didn't agree with certain aspects of modern life, it, it makes it difficult for those guys to truly catch up to him because even if they're not afraid of offending or they say they're not afraid of offending anyone, to an extent – because the world of entertainment is more left oriented, they're in group and they want to stay in group and not alienate those people who support them. Whereas Norm was kind of out group, but managed to rise above regardless. Yeah, Norm Norm, <laughs> Norm was like the king of the out group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, before we go, uh, let me just ask you um, we've seen a lot of. Uh, comedians get hit these days um, because, you know, wokeness is even spreading to comedy. Um, do you think comedy survives this? How do you think comedy ends up thriving in, in the age of wokeness? So it's difficult to be optimistic in the modern day, but I remain ever optimistic, uh, not least of which because I have three children and I want them to live in a world <laughs> as good as, as we've had. But you're, we're starting to see these great signs. Uh, Kids in the Hall is a totally different example of, of uh, comedy that doesn't care if the audience gets it. But we recently saw Kids in the Hall return on Amazon Prime, and it was as though they had never left. It was just the old Kids in the Hall picked right up where they left off. And these are, uh, you know, you would – they pioneered. You look at Scott Thompson, who was portraying his gay character, Buddy Cole, and Scott himself as gay back in the 80s and 90s. And this was more of a political statement then. And and Buddy came back in the return of Kids in the Hall, and he's walking past uh, some planters outside of a shop. And he walks past the traditional, the original gay pride flag, or the original pride flag, and he just walks past and then he walks past the new flag, the one that's updated to in, include, you know, the, the, the two spirit and, and all these other things that you have to Google to even know what they are. And he picks it up without saying a word and just nonchalantly throws it over his shoulder onto the ground. And so I think that comedians, because they, they go into, or at least good comedians, go into controversial areas. I do think that comedy could actually help us come out of the wokeness. Uh, Ryan Long is another one. You can find him on YouTube and, and Twitter. Who's a, a man who 
as far as I can tell, it's apolitical, but he's going where the jokes are. So I, this is all, all a very long way of me saying, I remain optimistic that comedians, because they want to entertain and want to be funny, are going to quickly tire of rolling out tropes, uh, approved tropes to the group that get some chuckles and polite laughs like, you know, you see new John Stewart getting, I think they're going to get tired of that. And they want to go, go back to getting genuine laughs because that's what motivates them. And wokeness isn't funny. You know, I, um, I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but, but the, the difference in laughter that you mentioned, uh, I remember seeing a, um, an interview with Steve Martin when he was on, I believe Howard Stern and he was talking about how uh, in college he realized there were two kinds of laughter. There was laughing because you were laughing at the joke. And then there was like the hysterical laughter that you could make someone do. And you, you would ask them afterwards, why are you laughing? And they're like, I don't know. It's just so funny. And he said he tried going after that second type of laughter, that just making someone completely lose it and laugh hysterically. And he thought that, that is the kind of laughter that comedians should go for. And it's interesting because I don't think you can get to that kind of laughter if you just stick with, you know, the, the pre-approved uh, joke list that, that, that uh, woke culture would have you stick to these days. I think you have to go after, I think he's right. I think you have to go after that kind of just hysterical laughter. That's one thing Norm could do. He could say things that would make you uncomfortable to the point that you would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And um, I don't think there is a lot of that that you can find in woke comedy. No, there's not. And it's too, you know what the punchline is roughly going to be when you're sticking to the approved talking points. And comedy is not about the approved talking points. It's about catching you off guard. And again, I think we're seeing more of that. And especially when you look at the reactions to Norm's passing, people realize what we've lost and what he offered. And I, I hope we see more comedians going out and saying, you know what? I want to make people laugh hysterically, even if they're uncomfortable. And I, I, I think we will. All right, you can watch Nothing Special now on Netflix. You can read uh, Rich's great piece at The Federalist, which I will link in the show notes. Rich, thanks again. Appreciate it. Fantastic as always. Thanks, Brad. Mm -hmm.